gathered in their masses Just like witches at black masses Evil minds that plot destruction Sorcerer of death's construction In the fields of bodies burning As the war machine keeps turning All right, it is Sunday night. It is the night after Survivor Series. It's been a Survivor Series weekend. And we are back with an, another episode of the PNC Booker Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio. He's Ben. Ben, what's going on? Yes, for earlier than I than even I expected. First but, of all, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Very, very good. How was you? Well, I, I was going to ask how was yours, but then I I realized you already had yours in October. Well, yeah, I remember I get to have two because my uh, brother is in Michigan. Ah. So, uh, uh, well, he only stayed for like one day, so he we didn't really have Thanksgiving with him. But uh, then my cousin flew up from Florida. Oh, well, that's fun. They stayed for like a day and a half before going to Ohio. And then uh, today's my brother's birthday. Oh, very good. Which one is this? Both of them. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because they're uh, duh, they're twins. Yeah. Briefly, I forgot that. Yeah. So uh, we had uh, earlier. We had cake and coffee. Cake and coffee. What a what an interesting com- combination. Wait, you never had that before? Well, I I'm not a coffee drinker. I've never oh, had okay. coffee. So. All right. <laughs> well, okay. But. Uh, I'll tell you what, Survivor Series was um, was quite the up and down show, um, which which is why I'm kind of glad that we're getting it out of the way on um, on Sunday rather than waiting until Tuesday, because I feel like if we waited until Tuesday, we would have had a lot more to cover coming out of the uh, Monday Night Raw. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing. Not, not that it was a bad show by any stretch of the imagination. There were a lot of things that I actually thoroughly enjoyed. Um, it's just that certain elements of it, it was just like, okay, um, I'm not sure why this is on the pay-per-view or why this was approached like this, but I will say I enjoyed myself a lot more in this in this Survivor Series than a, a typical Raw versus SmackDown for no fucking reason Survivor Series. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I love War Games. And come on, the theme song for Survivor Series. Well, and actually, t- talking about that, in the opening video package, Ozzy Osbourne did the, um, had an appearance. And um, I'll tell you what, he looks better now than I ever remember. Apparently, um, he's been clean living for um, for a good stretch of time. Um, you and I don't, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm just assuming from looking at him because, you know, years past. I mean, 
I can't ever remember him looking this good. And like, he's got to be in his seventies now, you know? So that's, um, that's, that was pretty good. I did hear his uh, new CD. The one with the, the one with Parasite. What did you think? It's not, it's not the Ozzy I'm used to like, uh, but it's, it's not entirely bad. Well, well, I mean, he he is like seventy three years old, so no, like yeah, like uh, music wise, because uh, like when you put War Games and Parasite together, yeah, yeah, like War Games, Black Sabbath, like then Ozzy with uh, Mr. Crowley and uh, Crazy Train, those are the ones. Like that's the Ozzy sound I grew up with. Yeah. For sure. All right. So you said you wanted to start with uh, Survivor Series, though. I mean, you wanted to start uh, with uh, SmackDown from last Friday. Yes, only because there were um, certain things from SmackDown which were awfully pertinent going into um, Survivor Series, which which I found interesting. And while you're doing that, I'm going to pull up a... Uh, a video from TikTok that I saw just a few minutes before I logged on about Captain Howdy. Oh, Uncle Howdy. You mean Uncle Howdy? Uncle Howdy, Captain Fuck. <laughs> Twisted <laughs> Sisters, Captain Howdy. Jesus. Okay, we're, yeah, we're having a musically-based conversation and Elio got confused. But so, it's centered around wrestling, so there. Exactly. All right, so while you're doing that, I'm going to look up uh, the Uncle Howdy video I found. So right off the bat, folks, uh, Team Damage Control is in the ring to announce uh, their... uh, or um, Team Damage Control is in the ring to demand Team Bianca announce their fifth and final member. And, And personally, I find it ridiculous that we didn't find this out. Um well ahead of time. The fact that we found this out the day before the, the women's war game took place is absolutely ridiculous. I would say that if Vince did it, I would say that if Triple H did it, I would say that if Bruce did it, it doesn't matter. It, the, the concept of that is ridiculous, especially with how long we've been seeing these back and forth between the two women's teams for weeks and weeks and weeks. And quite frankly, if you really um, if you really break it down, the, the the lineups on these teams don't make any sense because outside of damage control, these women have nothing to do with each other. Like they just don't. Um, so uh, aside from that, which we'll get into further. Uh, when we get into uh, Survivor Series. So the big selling point to start off the show on SmackDown was the return of Becky Lynch. And, um, you know, she's going to be the fifth member of the Survivor Series team, obviously. And, Elio, um, what did you think about this? Because my my initial thought was I let... Obviously, you guys know I love Bailey. If you've been listening to this show for any reasonable length of time, but that is 
drastically under, um, you know, below my expectations when you consider the other name that it should have been. What do you think about uh, um, Becky being added to Survivor Series the night before the match? Well, I mean, I, I know which other name you're referring to, but um, this does make sense. I mean, the damage control did uh, take Becky out with uh, the arm injury, which uh, was the, the reason for which uh, gave her um, time to go film Young Rock, which I didn't see the episode where she would play Cindy Lauper. Was it any good? <laughs> It, it was it was just weird. I mean, Young Rock is it it can be an easy watch, but like so sometimes uh, like the way they portray characters like Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan, especially the guy who plays Rocky Johnson, sometimes he can be a little over the top with his acting. Well, that that doesn't necessarily surprise me. But uh, yeah, so that was uh there that was uh the reason for writing her off TV. Well, that's understandable. And, um, you know, you, you are right about the whole injury thing with uh, Becky's arm and damage control. But I just, you know, with, the, with, with it being in Boston and the whole Sasha Banks thing, I just feel like they missed a massive opportunity. And, um, you know, of, cor- of course, I'm not complaining about Becky being back. Please don't misunderstand that. Um, yeah, uh, she, uh, you, you, apparently you're supposed to be getting back together. Well, I, well, I would love well, that. If you, if that is, if you listen to past episodes, uh, uh, Becky is uh, Ben's, uh, how shall we say, we we need to get Seth the fuck out of the way. <laughs> you want to curb stop him with the wheel, wheel wheelchair? With all with all due respect, we need to get Seth the fuck out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, of, of course, of course, that's just in jest, people. Let's not get overly sensitive. Um, but um, but yeah, um. Seth had a good showing um, on Survivor Series as well, so we'll get into that. And uh, I, I may have gotten a little bit of justice to help me um, get over my jealousy, but he took my warning, goddammit. Um, but anyway, so so yes, it was officially confirmed that Becky is the fifth member of um, Team Bianca at Survivor Series. And like I said, in a lot of ways, that makes sense, and I and obviously not complaining about that. Um, the second that Becky came out, I'm like, okay, there's no way that Team Bianca is losing now because they have they have Bianca, Becky, and Asuka. I mean. I mean, there's no way that that three-headed dragon is going to lose. It's just not possible. Now, Ben, you said all these names all don't have anything to do with each other, but they do. I just meant like now on current TV. But but, but they do. I mean, Rhea Ripley, Mia Yim, 
the EO and the Dakota and the Oscar and Alexa Bliss. No, 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 no. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the. I'm not talking about the the other team. I'm not. Maybe I wasn't clear enough. I'm not. I'm not talk. I'm not talking about um Mia Yim, Rhea Ripley, and and those over there. I'm not talking about Team Damage Control. That that that's obvious. I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, Team Bianca. I don't. I don't think that that was well put together at all. Okay. That that's just that's just my my thought process. I I would I, w- I would have liked to. Have, I mean, I understand that they're the face team, but um, you know, it's just. What reasoning do they have to coexist together? Because these women are clearly rivals um, in every other capacity. And, um, you know, the, the same could be said for damage control, um, especially, especially if you point the light at um, Rhea Ripley and Mia Yim. You know, they should have nothing to do with each other on, on the same team. So it's just, you know, the centerpieces were there where where the t- if you would have built it from there, it would have made sense for the um, Survivor Series women's teams. But it's like, you know, it got to the point where they just had to fill it out. Uh, I, I would have been a lot more satisfied if if and a lot more forgiving if these teams have been set from the get-go. Like, for for instance, right? Let's talk about the, the men's side of things and how that came to be for, for a minute without getting into without getting into the match. And then we'll get back to SmackDown. Um, you know, we knew from weeks and weeks ago that it was going to be the Brawling Brutes versus the Bloodline, and that was going to be the setup, and the main story was going to be what Sammy was going to do inside the cage, and and was he going to turn on the Bloodline, or, you know, was Roman going to take the loss, because, or was the Bloodline going to take a loss because Roman didn't have to take the pin? Because that's what we thought was going to happen if you listen to our production show. So my point being, like we we knew exactly where the where the men's side of this was going. So that was very um, that was very linear and very um, compelling story um, storytelling. Uh, whereas the women. Um, just seem to be uh, mismatched together outside of damage control and um, and uh, Bailey and um, oh, I'm sorry Bianca and Becky Lynch. You know, I I would have liked to have seen more storytelling and more reasoning behind uh, the women's team. That's just me. But um, so, am I to take it that you you were satisfied with the women's teams and how they came to be? I just love the whole uh, Survivor Series uh, show itself. 
But we're gonna oh. get into that. We're gonna get into that after SmackDown. Okay, very good. Very good. Um, so next up we had um Butch versus Santos Escobar. And um, you know, obviously I'm I'm a big uh Escobar guy. Mm-hmm. Um I love Legado Del Fantasma. And the fact that they are finally on the main roster and not being fucked over, courtesy of Bruce Pritchard and Vince, is fantastic. And, you know, um, Butch didn't need to win because he had bigger fish to fry in, um, with the Brawling Brutes in War Games. So he didn't need this whole World Cup thing. So this sets up... Um, this sets up Santos wonder, wonderfully, and you know, with the interference and stuff, it all it also played into war games and you know the the bloodline trying to pull the trigger on on the brawling brutes to get a get a leg up ahead of war games. So this made perfect sense, and um, I, I I was happy with this. Um. Speaking of something that I was not happy with, uh, low point here, folks. Pit Row versus Viking Raiders. Mm. Now, did you uh, see, see what, they, what they're calling Sir Logan? Valhalla. I love it. I love wow. it. I, I mean, Valhalla is not a name. I, I know. I get it. I understand. But but just, uh, just hear me out. Okay. Just because because your argument makes perfect sense, but I just the reason why I like it is twofold. Finally, because finally they're starting to bring some Viking related stuff back into the Viking Raiders. Mm-hmm. Right, well, so that's, the new Viking Raiders, not the new vicious Viking Raiders, the Viking Raiders. Exactly, and 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 if you really want to get picky, I believe that they still should be War Machine from ROH. Okay. Yeah. But that, if I had my way, but WWE version, at least we're getting Viking related stuff. We got Sarah Logan back, you know, as kind of like the the conduit to the god. Which is why which is why they're calling her Valhalla, and um, and so it kind of makes a lot of sense. And plus, aside from it being like a gimmick, the reason why I respect the reason why I respect it being used the way it's being used as it relates to the Viking Raiders is that these guys live like fucking Vikings for real. Yep. Like, you have to understand, Eric, or, um, Ray Rowe and, uh, and Sarah Logan got married in a, in a fucking Viking ceremony for real. Yeah. Like, these people are legit fucking Vikings, and that might sound weird, but I just think that's cool as fuck. Who doesn't love that shit? I mean, the only the only thing I didn't like about the Viking Raiders was when was when they were having those competitions with um, Street Profits. 
with the street profits and playing basketball and throw, and throwing darts and shit. And, you know, that I've had enough of that. But outside of that, I just think that this is awesome. And getting back into Sarah Logan's involvement and her new name, um, you know, a lot of a lot of that has has to do with like you know, you see a lot of God of War um, references in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm legitimately surprised that um, the God of War is not going to file for like copyright infringement, like WWE. I'm gonna, I'm kind of going to be surprised if if that doesn't pop across our news feeds in the coming weeks because. You know, with with all this Ragnarok and you know and Valhalla and all this other stuff and references being used, I'm like, that's all God of War. Like, what are you talking about? And even and even beyond God of War, if you want to go into Assassin's Creed, all of that is Valhalla related stuff. Like, but specifically. You're piggybacking off of God of War with all of this Ragnarok bullshit with it with the name of their finisher and stuff like that. Is it awesome? Yeah, because I'm a God of War guy. You know, fuck yeah. <laughs> you know, but I'm, I mean, I'm surprised. I'm I'm partially surprised that Kratos' name didn't pop up in one of their finishing or signature moves. For Christ's sake. But did you, you see how our fans are like getting mad at the way Sarah Logan looks? Well, is that I did not see that, but her I can understand them thinking that her her face looks stupid, like the top half of her uh, face. No, they're comparing her to uh, Maxine Taylor. Well, that would make sense because she kind of does look like that, but yeah. But I'm saying like they're 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 mad about that because uh, they say she's copying Maxine Paler. Really, and they're not mad about them about them copying God of War or copying Assassin's Creed or what whatever the fuck. <laughs> really, that's what they're mad about. Or yeah, or, or Thor, you know, references or something like. Are you are you kidding me? That's what you're mad about? Yep, that's what they're mad about. Sir Logan uh, looking like Maxine Peeler. But on the positive side of things, and and the reason why I love it is because it's first of all, this is how the Viking Raiders should have been presented in the first place because they are a legit tag team. I mean, all you gotta do is look at look at their work as War Machine in Ring of Honor. All you have to do is look at what they were doing in NXT Black and Gold. Um, you know, they, they were they're the first team ever to hold the Raw, um, SmackDown, and ROH tag team titles. Um, and, these pe- and these two poor guys, and granted, injury played a role in this, 
But these poor guys have been booked like fucking jobbers since they got called up to the main roster by and large. Um, you know, and it's just sad. And and the the, the fact of the matter is, regardless of how this um, bloodline story unfolds, eventually the bloodline storyline has to end and you're going to need tag teams to take up where the Usos are going to drop those belts. And for me, the Viking Raiders are perfect for that because as much respect as I have for the New Day, and trust me, the New Day is awesome. They're great wrestlers, great at what they do. But I don't want to see I don't want to see the New Day get their hands on the titles again. We've seen that eleven times after the Usos dropped this title run. Um, I assume after WrestleMania at some point. I don't want to see them win it again because they've held it for two fucking years. What else are they gonna do? So so people like the Viking Raiders, people like Imperium. Like this tag team division has the opportunity to be fucking awesome, and I feel like the Viking Raiders are going to be a big part of that if if they continue down this road. And that's why I'm so excited about this serious gimmick thing, and not looking like they're they're playing dress up at a Renaissance festival with the, with the Street Profits. And Ben, um, actually, uh, after we do cover everything. I found that the all the results for uh, Ricky Steamboat's final match. Okay, and um, and before we get kicked off, because we're getting that uh, final countdown, we're like inside the seven minute mark, so I'll try to get SmackDown done in that time. I think I can. Um, but uh, well, no, wait, you won't be able to because I have a video on our plate that's related to the Uncle Howdy character. So we're gonna do that in the next segment. Okay. But as uh, continue on the SmackDown. Yeah. So so the other the other low point I had was Ricochet versus Braun Strowman, and, and don't get me wrong, folks. I was ecstatic that Ricochet beat Braun Strowman because, as we've been talking about since the inception of this World Cup and the fact that that Walter, I shall not call him Gunther, was running away from Braun Strowman, I was concerned, like, oh, shit, they're going to give this to Braun Strowman. And the fact that they didn't was fucking amazing. I, but But... I'm just not interested in Braun Strowman as a wrestler, and and all credit to um, to Ricochet for for making Braun look as good as he as he did. Um, is and anyone, you know, is anyone interested in Braun Strowman as a wrestler? No, but <laughs> but in all fairness, in all fairness, if if I have to take a version of Braun Strowman. I'd much rather have this version than any other password. Okay. Except for the red pants. The red pants got to go. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so that was a low point. Um, and, and then uh, the absolute high point of the entire evening was the, um, 
the con the conversation and the confrontation that that ensued afterwards when when Kevin Owens came to talk to Sam to Sami Zayn backstage, and and Jay was like opened the door behind him and realized that Sammy was talking to Kevin, and then he came out later and was like, "You sure you weren't talking to anybody?" And Sammy was like, "No," and then. Everybody justifiably thought like, "Oh, this is the beginning of the end for the uh, for the bloodline." So, with that thought in mind, uh, we will step aside, and uh, we'll be right back for the second half of the SmackDown review. And we're back from our brief break, ladies and gentlemen. And coming off of that awesome high point with that uh, backstage exchange between. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn and Jay Uso. We move into the low point of the SmackDown on Friday evening. And what made me regret watching SmackDown on Friday evening, SmackDown in the middle of my Thanksgiving vacation. I certainly wasn't thankful for this segment. Shotzi Blackheart versus Ronda Rousey. Oh my God. Are you out of your goddamn mind, people? For, first, first of all, every single every single interaction that we've had with Shotzi and Ronda thus far up until Friday has been horrible. It's been predictable. It's just been what, whatever, whatever. Okay, so this whole exchange. Ends in three minutes and eighteen seconds, and after um, after after Raquel Rodriguez comes out to to try to make the save for Shotzi, but Shotzi still loses via the stomp, which set up Browsey's armbar for the win in less than three and a half minutes. So yeah, you can tell me you can probably tell that that's going to be a low point. Now, the the main event was interesting for me because from a wrestling perspective, this was definitely um, indisputably a high point for me. Um, with with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre versus the Usos to determine who's going to have the war against advantage. Now, obviously, with Survivor Series already in the rearview mirror as we're recording this, we know who had the um, the War Games advantage, and that was uh, Sheamus and, and Drew McIntyre and, and that team. The Broodies uh, did not use their advantage uh, to the maximum degree because they still ended up losing. So from that perspective, Elio and I got our pay-per-view predictions wrong. But I, once again, I I jump ahead. But for for what I thought was going to be a very predictable outcome um, going into the pay-per-view, um, talking about the the SmackDown main event, it still managed to um, to entertain me and. Um, you know, it, it it was almost 20 minutes long at 17 minutes and 18 seconds. And uh, clearly the best thing on um, on SmackDown right now, which which isn't 
a surprise to anybody at this point because anything bloodline touches is going to turn to gold as we'll see when we talk about the survivor series main event so this was a nice setup for the survivor series main event so with that in mind that ends the smackdown portion of our review and you'll start hearing a lot more from elio because he's going to take the lead on the survivor series and i will be running color commentary to his uh, to his grill a monsoon position on the Survivor Series 2022 War Games review. Elio, take it away. Will you be serious? <laughs> I love it. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I will. Uh, Survivor Series from the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. So, first of all, the video package at the top of the show, that was, that was absolutely awesome with Ozzy Osbourne's intro, like we mentioned at the beginning of our show. Outstanding stuff. And that leads into the first match of the evening, the women's war game. We have damage control with Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross taking on... Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Mia Yim, Oscar, and Becky Lynch. Now, a couple of spots here. Of course, um, Becky Lynch's uh, dive from the top of the cage onto the trash can. And then uh, Nikki Cross uh, trying to handcuff Alexa Bliss. Alexa picking him up on her shoulders and and uh, executing the electric chair onto the trash cans. Well, I actually... That was one spot that I didn't like because any, I don't know about you, but anytime wrestling and handcuffs mixed together, it doesn't really work for me because it's so obvious given the, you know, just the, the setup of the ring ropes or the setup of the cage that in that particular position and, and the stress on the handcuffs, that it'd be so easy to break. Yeah, but see, uh, uh, Nikki didn't even get to handcuff Alexa to the cage of the ropes because Alexa handcuffed herself to Nikki. Well, and and that was a little bit different. So that part I appreciated. Yeah, that's 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 why that spot worked. So for me, uh, this was a great opening match, and I give this one a B plus. Okay, well. I'm going to be the lone man on the totem pole, much like I am most times when I uh, guest host over on Wrestling POV. Um, I There were parts of this match that I really, really liked. Um, so I don't want you guys to, to think I'm completely bashing this match because I'm not. I have a lot of respect for all the women involved in the match, and I thought they busted their ass to make a very uh, compelling match, and and, and uh, you know, in, in in certain spots they definitely delivered um, with several of the high spots that um, Elio had already mentioned. Um, where I feel like they um, failed, and this isn't necessarily their fault. I feel like this is just. Maybe the setup of the War Games match kind of messed them up a little bit. 
there were uh, there was a lot of time being spent setting up for the next high spot or setting up weapons setting up accoutrements um for the next uh big spot that was going to take place um one example um was when it looked like they were going to do the tower of doom uh coming out of the corner and um Bianca Belair was going to be the base for everybody, and they spent a lot of time setting that up, but then that spot never even happened, and I'm like, well, if spots never even going to happen, then why did you spend all that time setting it up? Um, you know, and 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 the fact that the matter is, um, another one is. And as much as I lo love Io Shirai, I shall not call her Io Sky because her name change is fucking ridiculous. Um, <laughs> you know, um, she has a lot of experience in war games down in NXT, and her her moonsault off the top of the cage has become uh, something of a staple for her. And we got another one on the main roster. And uh, in one in one um, aspect, I enjoyed it, and in another one, I feel like you know, is that the only trick she has in her bag for that kind of thing? Um, because you know, for a lot of people, maybe this was the first time that they've seen EO in this kind of environments now for black and gold originals like me and elio been watching the black and gold product from from when you know daniel bryan was the mrs rookie <laughs> you know that th this is not new to us wow. you know what i mean wow wow for almost uh 12 years we've been following nxt so i mean we are we are NXT OGs, ladies and gentlemen. So we have we have seen Io Shirai do the moonsaults and, and stuff like that. So so not that it was bad because it wasn't, but it's just something I've seen before. And um, and I honestly I was more impressed with uh, Nikki Cross's crossbody off the top of the cage because I was getting flashbacks of. Um, of Rey Mysterio doing a crossbody off the cage on an episode of SmackDown in 2004, I think it was. Um, so that was cool. So a lot of different high spots, a lot of different cool spots. But, but I also felt like, what are they wrestling for? What's on the line here? Because as I said earlier, when I said I didn't like the formation of these teams, and a lot of it didn't make sense to me is a lot of them, even though they work with each other in the lead up and we've seen all, we've seen them work together in the past in the ring, what's the reason for them joining up against against each other for each other? You know what I mean? Like the the, the only one that made kind of sense was was the one that joined the team 24 hours ahead of time, which was Becky Lynch, which nobody, I mean, all due respect to Becky Lynch, but let's be honest, 
the person that should have been in that spot was Sasha Banks. Like, like I love Becky Lynch, but the fact of the matter is, anybody who's who came out who was not named Sasha Banks was going to be a disappointment. That's why they. That's why they had Becky Lynch come out on SmackDown, and they didn't hang her out to dry in, in Boston and send her out as a surprise, um, as a surprise partner in, in the uh, in the in the war games because then Becky Lynch would have gotten crucified. I have a question. How do you think uh, Bianca did in that match? Um, I didn't like it. I honestly didn't. Because I'm I'm looking at comments like on the match because I I was looking up a post earlier about uh, afterwards the EOS guy collapsed on the outside. Well, I didn't see that. Yeah, there there was a video of EOS guy collapsing after the match. We Ripley picked her up on her shoulders and uh, helped carry her back to the to the backstage area. Well, that that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, she, like I said, she did a moonsault off the top of the cage. Um, they had um, they had several um, botches early, earlier on in the match. Um, I think it was Io Shirai that had one of them, so she might have hurt herself on one of those as blah, well. Blah, blah. So, like, someone called this match "monkey butt ugly." Well, and, and and to a certain degree, I agree with them. And let me let me expl- explain why. Because a lot of this was like it was like a car crash, and obviously, with it being like war games, you know, we're gonna let a lot of that pass because that's what that that match is. But you know, this was like a um. A comparison that I saw for for both of these matches was like talking about the women's and the men's. Was like these were stipula- stipulations looking for a match, talking about the the war games cage, not matches looking for a stipulation. You know, the, like the, we we needed stuff to put to. To have inside war games, not matches to settle a score in, that warranted war games. You know what I mean? And to me, that was the that was the big difference in this match. Like, like this is just a crazy fucking ten girl tag team match in a cage with weapons. And yeah, they busted their ass. I give them credit. I'm not saying that they didn't. Or that they disappointed me in any kind of way with, with a particular performance. Uh, no, that's not the case at all. Um, it's just that, in terms of all the war games matches that I've seen, especially with Rhea Ripley and Asuka involved, this was by far, and Io Shirai, um, this was by far the worst one that I've seen. Yeah. So that's why I'm gonna have to give it a, a C. Wait, uh, so what do you give it on out of five? Uh, I'll give it a, a two. All right, uh, sixty-seven percent. Give it a four. 
Well, I, I can kind I can kind of understand that because, like I said, War Games is designed yeah. for pandemonium, and that's exactly what it is. But if you're looking deeper into it, I think you can. I think you you could possibly understand where I'm coming from, and kind of not not not. I'm not saying you, but I'm just saying the the general audience. Hopefully, they can understand where I'm coming from. So next we had AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. Now this one, okay, it was okay, and I gave this a B. But I mean, when you had an opening match like what we had, it's kind of hard to follow that up. But like, I feel like they should have put the SmackDown Women's Championship match in this place, which this. I I agree with you. I agree with you. That would have been. The, the women's match would have been a perfect come down from the women's war game match because yeah. um let's be honest that was seven um talking about the women's t- title match uh, that was like seven minutes and change and that wow. would have that would have served as a perfect come down for for the audience now we're gonna get into that match a little bit later. Um, so I'm gonna hold off on my commentary. But that. Uh, yeah, but uh, I would say for that uh, this was a good match, and um, oh yeah, it was like Finn Balor with it the was sling, very good. Finn Balor with the sling blade. However, AJ Styles picking up the win in this one. This one, uh, I give it a B. I, I give it. I give it a solid B plus. All um, right. I, I really, I really like the fact that AJ won. Especially with the recent debut of the OC, yep. Um, I thought the OC was used perfectly in this match as, as a way to neutralize um, the Judgment Day and, and the typical advantage that they have, which is exactly why they were bought in in the first place. I feel like um, AJ needed this win a lot more than Finn Balor did because just by his existence in Judgment Day, I think Finn Balor has been so elevated from where he was pre-Judgment Day. Um, so I I really liked it. And how could you possibly complain about a match featuring Finn Balor and uh, AJ Styles? Another thing that I really enjoyed about this match was the commentary. Because they were bringing up the history between all these guys and talking about like as much history as Finn and AJ have and calling out the fact that Finn was literally saying as AJ was beating his ass, come on, AJ, we're boys, don't do this. You know what I mean? But, but like, as much history as they have, AJ and Carl Anderson have more history. You know, so it's like just just those little points on commentary – Make me more invested in the match. I didn't know what number numbers. What do you give it? I I, I give this a a four. All right, and I hundred percent agree with you. Good stuff. And you know what? I found um that my good friend Evan Ginsburg, which we mentioned in the past episode did his review and gave his ratings on these matches as well. What did he have to say? 
So of course, okay, so let me f see if I can find, uh, so we can actually, um, so we can actually uh, catch up and uh, be on the same page. So the women's war game, he gave a three and a three and a quarter star. Okay. And uh, we just said AJ Styles and Finn Balor. So let me see if I can find that one. Uh, that one. Um, oh yeah, that one he gave the three and a quarter star as well. Cool. So the next one up we have is, of course, where the show hits a low point: Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. Oh just, my God! It wasn't a good match. I gave it a C only because uh, for Shotzi, anyone and due to that, her like. But otherwise, the, this match was bad and should should be a D. This, uh, this match was absolutely atrocious. Yeah, and um, you know, after this, can we please stop with this Ronda Rousey round two experiment? Can we stop? I have a question, and this goes back to SmackDown for a minute. What is it with Ronda Rousey's makeup around her eyes? It looks like she had a unibrow. <laughs> what is that? Well, she looks stupid. <laughs> well, that, that, that's my exact question. Oh, because, my God. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Ronda Rousey is an extremely, an extremely pretty woman. Yeah. Let me let me sorry, I, sorry, Julia Roberts. I have seen Oh you didn't get that. No, no, I okay, got don't it. Sell. No, I got no. it. I got it. Richard yeah. no sell. She plays she plays the hooker. I got it. Okay? I got it. Alright? I'm sorry I have to mess with my co-host. Go on. But, but it's just, you know. No, this, this match was absolutely terrible, and um, there there was one spot in particular where they both put a or took a nasty spill um, over the top, like over the top rope, and like crashed onto the floor. So, um. So they go to the apron, and it looks like, um, like, Sh like Shati is trying for a DDT on the apron, but like it was completely botched. Yep. And it, it was just like, oh my god, this is this is awful. Um, you know, there there was there was nothing about this match that was redeemable from. From from Ronda no. Rousey's perspective, no. and even you know I love Shotzi, but even even Shotzi had a rough outing here. And, yep. and you know so I good. don't like I understand why this was on the card, but like this could have been perfectly well served on a SmackDown. Like this match, the way it turned out, was not a pay per view quality match. I'm sorry. And uh, what do you give this? What number do you give this one? A one. You know what? I'm going to tell you in a minute. 60% gave this a one. 
Okay, now these people that do these ratings are slowly redeeming themselves with me. However, Evan is far too generous. He gave it a three. Okay, we can't have him on the show anymore. (laughs) We can't have his ratings featured on the show. So, that's how he hates WWE. Everything about WWE, he just absolutely hates it. And yet he gave this a three. I'm like, I, I, so like, I have to laugh sometimes because it's like, is he ever happy with anything that, that, that they have on there? I mean, come on, not, not everything is bad. No, not at all. Uh, the next one that we have, a three-way for you know, the WWE United States Championship, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley, and Seth Rollins. Austin Theory is your new champion. Um, this was absolutely a highlight of the night. However, it was a weird ending, however. Um, what, and what was weird about it for you? So, okay, so, like, uh, the point where Lashley had them, had them in the, in the, her lock, whatever. Yeah. Then, then I think I was, uh, the one point where Lashley speared, uh, Rollins and, like, Theory just rolls over and covers Rollins. Well, well, yeah, but that's because he was capitalizing on an opportunity. I, I didn't, I didn't mind that at all, because um, you know, he was um, Rollins was going for his um, you know, for his suplex Falcon Arrow combination, and he just happened to, to get caught. But it was it was really weird because um you have him cash in on Seth Rollins on Raw. He doesn't he he messes it up and he loses. And then you have him pinning Rollins on the pay-per-view. He went you told the story, but you took a long way around. Well, you know, and and I'll be the first to admit to to you that and we, we talked about this when it first happened, that the way that the cash-in took place was absolutely awful. But yeah. the, re- the rehab job that that um, Triple H has done since then, um, which, which culminated at Survivor Series, was, was pulled off very, very well. Yeah, and, I, I like this new awesome theory. And I... I would much rather this version of Austin Theory hold the title than the old version of Austin Theory, and I think yep. having and I think having a title on him now does a lot more for him than it did, you know, two three weeks ago. And even Triple H said that that um, you know Austin Theory's career was dead, you know, like two three weeks ago, which. Which, if you really think about it, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I would go as far as to say it was dead, but it was, it was not on a positive um, trajectory once, uh, once uh, Vince McMahon went bye bye, because yep. you know, j- just having that Vince stigma on him was hurting theory, yeah, and the Vince stigma, in in large part was 
the Money in the Bank briefcase and the way that Austin Theory was inserted in that match. So as much as as much as much as the execution left a bad taste in our mouth, and I'm not defending the way that the cash in was done, but even back even back when it happened, I said I understand why Triple H felt he had to get this off of theory. Um, talking about the money in the bank briefcase. So I think I think everything in the end turned out for the best. And I I very much appreciate this version of Austin Theory over the one that was taking selfies. Yeah. You know, maybe. So I'll definitely take it. All right. Uh, I give this one a B. Absolutely. And and I'll give this one a solid four stars as well. And I 100% agree with you. They gave it a four star. As, as it should be, in my opinion. And that brings us to the men's war game. Let me tell you something. This match was perfect from beginning to end. Yeah, I, you know, I um, I will say I do feel like it went a little bit long. Um, and I don't and, care. It was. It, it could have gone. It was perfect from beginning to end. As and even the vignettes throughout the nights with. Roman and Jay talking. Roman and Sammy talking. Yeah, the the one with Roman and Sammy was was the one that was perfect for me. Talking about the lead up. Um, now, as as you'll recall, if you watched the um, or if you listened to the um, the pre show that we did of four Survivor Series. We both predicted the Brawling Brutes to take the victory in the men's war games because the direction that we thought that this was going to go, um, and I don't think that we were alone here, um, which is why I'm not going to backtrack just because just because the bloodline won. Um, I'm still going to defend our position and where we were coming from at the time. Um I had I absolutely had the Brawling Brutes winning um, because I felt like this was the first opportunity where Roman Reigns could be involved in a match where he where he didn't have to take the pin and therefore he didn't have to take the loss but yet a loss could still be associated with him and I I felt like the whole Sammy and and Jay's thing was going to play into that into that loss and and I did I did I did not feel that by any stretch of the imagination that the bloodline was going to break up as a result of war games. Nobody would thought that on this show because the bloodline is the hottest thing going in WWE right now. But I I think we both thought that a um a bloodline loss at war games would lead to the next step um going into um going into the next phase on the road to uh as we really start to look forward toward the road to WrestleMania. Now before I move on with the next phase of my thought process and and the wrestling uh, portion of the review 
Um, Elio, what are you? What are your thoughts about um, where 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 you were thinking this was going to go before the match took place, and um, and um, were were you surprised that, that um, things went down the way that they did um, last night at Survivor Series? No, I thought that we were going to see something with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn that would cost the bloodline, but. The after the, after watching the match, uh, the couple of spots, the, um, the brawling brutes uh, delivering the the ten beats all be, like between the two rings. That was perfect. Sami yeah. Zayn and Kevin Owens did not touch each other until the very end, and that ending was perfect. With Sami Zayn like you know, laying Owens out for Jay to deliver that splash. And Jay hugging Sammy after the match. Yeah, that was that part was absolutely just brilliantly well yep. played. I really liked everything about this match. Um, but so. also, also where where this ending throws me through a loop, um, as I think we're um, we're we may be starting to reach. Um, our next warning before we take our our next commercial break is given where we are now, even though we we thought it would take a different route, I like where this is going and the possibilities that this opens up. So with that being said, where do you think this will go based on what we saw last night at Survivor Series. And I will tell you that after our uh, commercial. Okay, very good. And we'll be right back, folks. Talk about a tease. So based on uh, last night, after what happened, I'm going to say that around Royal Rumble, we're going to start seeing things uh, start happening where uh, Sammy's gonna start doing things that could possibly like cross bloodline uh, matches, and like uh, we're gonna see Kevin Owens slowly start getting involved in the, in the story, and that leading up to Sammy and Kevin Owens uh, versus the Usos for the championships. Really, really, you think uh... or possibly at WrestleMania? You think you think Kevin's gonna forgive his boy for kicking him in, in the balls, and uh, and also delivering a halluva kick in the corner? Well, could have uh, it could have always been all set up. Well, I, well, I don't I don't know if it's a setup at this point on Sammy's part. We all we all thought it would be a setup on the boy lines part. I'm I'm still thinking it might be a setup on the boy lines part based. Based on based on the look that um, Roman Reigns had on his face when he was hugging Sammy before the match took place in the backstage segment, but but then uh, I'm I'm reading something about like plans for Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. Apparently, he's gonna face Kevin Owens. So now I don't even know. Now I don't know what to think. Oh well, then then that makes it that makes it very interesting because that's re- that's really gonna that's really gonna test where uh, Sammy's loyalties lie. Right. So 
we also have that to think about now. So, so yeah, so this, so I wasn't expecting this um, to, to go down the way it did. And I think, um, I, honestly, I think if, if someone told you that they did, mm -hmm. like I saw people like my own friends on social media say, oh, I saw that coming a mile away. I'm sure you did. I, you know what? I really don't think you did. Right? I really, I, I, I mean this in the friendliest way possible. I really don't think you did. Yep. I mean, I didn't. I thought, like, the way that match was uh, put together, it was perfect. Everything about it. I, in fact, you know what? I'm going to give my ratings right now. Yeah. A plus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a plus, and and just in terms of the story being told, five stars. Now, okay, I don't know what uh, fans are thinking here, but uh, number wise, you gave it five. Fifty percent gave it a four. Four stars. Well, that that's that's understandable. I'm I'm just talking about from a story perspective. Yeah. Now apparently we uh we may have we may have a possible injury during that match. Who? Uh, Jay finished the match, notably pinning Kevin Owens after an Uso splash to earn the victory for his team, even though he continued to favor his hands. So he possibly had a hand injury during the match, like after the match. Well, but also keep in mind that uh, Pete Dunne was focusing on it uh, throughout the match, so yeah. he might have just been selling. But that'll be a very interesting uh, side side note to keep an eye on. And I'm going to ask you the question of the week, which we uh, posted today. Are you ready? Yes. Is the bloodline better with Sami Zayn or without? With. All you right. know. I, I was, I'll be honest with you straight up. Um, when, when Sami Zayn first started with the bloodline, I was like, hmm, I really don't know if this is going to work because Sami Zayn has always been the comedy guy. He's never been the serious wrestler within WWE parameters guy. Mm -hmm. Um, with, with a couple notable exceptions, um, you know, the match that he had with, um, with Shinsuke Nakamura at, um, NXT Arrival, I believe it was, that was an awesome match, but I'm talking about on, on the main roster, by and large, he's been, um, he's been a comedy guy, so I really wasn't sure how that was going to swing with uh with the seriousness of the tribal chief and all of this other stuff um and the fact that you know just in the name of the, of the group itself the bloodline it infers that um you know it involves blood so when you start involving someone who so obviously isn't and is literally the red-headed stepchild of this son of a bitch it's it's gonna get it's gonna get very interesting, either in a very good way or in a very bad way. And even even 
Sami Zayn said recently on an interview with uh, Corey Graves on the After the Bell podcast uh, that even he acknowledged that to a lot of fans it may not have made sense when it first started, and I was in I was in that boat, but I will I will also say that I've always been a Sami Zayn guy, and for that reason I was willing to see where it went. And my God, I am so glad I kept my hands on that book and kept reading that story because how fantastic has it turned out? All right. And, and I agree. I, I love everything about this storyline. And uh, yeah, because I was also reading another, I also read another headline saying, the Sammy storyline has the bloodline on a path to icon status. Well, I I one thousand percent agree with them. Yep. You know, if you just look at the lands, the title reigns, that's icon status in and no, of itself. No, I have a question. Did you see the press conference afterwards? No, I did not. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we we didn't get to watch it. We only we we did an aftermath last night, and we played like the semi Zayn uh, portion on on air. And now, oh, okay, I have to go back to SmackDown for one minute. The Uncle Howdy uh thing. Yeah. Because we this also this also uh has to do with last night now. No, sorry, it has to be Friday night. Now, did you see the phone number that showed up on the screen? No, I did not see the phone number. Okay, uh, let me, uh, fans, we'll be back shortly. I'm going to see if I can find this. All right, Ben, so on SmackDown, there was a phone number that showed up on the screen like if you blink you miss it is how fast it was which you miss which you of course you said you didn't catch that's how fast it was but um there's a message on there when you when you call the number oh lord what is it now i'm gonna see if i can play this so so give me a minute and I will check this out. And in the meantime, should I start singing annoying songs or play the Jeopardy theme or you're just gonna leave me? No, running? you know what? You know what? I I have the whole uh, the whole message right here in front of me. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna look it up the message, but I I can't find the actual thing. But I have it in front of me. Uh, okay. So it says, patient suffers from delusions of grandeur, perhaps the most extreme incidences I've encountered. I'm concerned that no regular treatment or medications would be able to counter this balance of power in the patient's psyche. The problems of disorganized thought patterns could communicate a sense of unmatched importance. Doubts of isolation seem to have amplified during our monologue and have blocked out any outside voice. In short, the patient would need to meet a highly medical practitioner if they do themselves. And I see that things could border on the impossible after some concerns that the patient is such a danger to themselves 
and anyone they encounter. That, hello? Yeah. Hello? Is someone there? Uh-huh. Hello? Hello? Ah, hi. Disconnected. Oh. I don't, I don't know. I don't Was I disconnected? I don't know. I that, 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 was, that was a message. Dude. Oh. Yeah. That's why I was there. <laughs> Even when we played on Friday night, the part where I say hello, and Tony's like, hello? And he, he thought the person was actually talking to him when he was saying hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, I felt bored too, apparently. Oh my god, like it was, it was, it was the creepiest thing. You have to go, go back and listen to episode 350. However, um, so that's all we have for Survivor Series, right? Yes, sir. All right, so before we get into the fun stuff. Oh, but hold on, hold on. Actually, since you uh, since you read that whole mysterious message thing, can you please enlighten the people on that theory that you showed me while we were off the air earlier tonight about about who that one lady thinks? Oh my God! Okay. Be? <laughs> you know what? Should I play that on on the air right now? Yeah, I think you should. Okay, give me a minute. We'll fans back shortly. All right, I'm gonna play this now, Ben. I played this. I played a different video for you off air. However, this one specifically name mentions the name. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for the ridiculousness? I don't know, but let's party. What the hell? So here we go. Guys, I have chills. I've, I've to everywhere. The goosebumps are happening. It's a thing. Randy is the weird uncle howdy Bray dude. Look at this. Look at this. Look at that. That is Randy's mouth. That's his mouth. That's his face. And they said snake in a cage. I'm imploding. Guys, I have chills. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm imploding. That's his mouth. Snake in a cage. What? Holy shit. I think that might be wishful thinking. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. And then she, in another video that I played for you, the other one I played for you, said that it could yeah. have all been uh, pre-taped before his surgery. Um, oh. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? He was in the middle of that thing with Matt Riddle. Oh my! To switch him over to something where Bray, where Bray hadn't even debuted yet, would have made no sense because he was right in the middle of the thing with Matt Riddle. So that that theory makes sense. Right. I mean, (laughs) some fans. I mean, their their imaginations. I know. All right. So. Do you have anything else? No, I'm sorry. Alright, so that's all we have for Survivor Series. Yes, sir. Alright, so before we get into all the fun stuff, actually, you know what? Before, before, even before that, um, I was earlier on my phone, I got, I came across uh, the results for Rick Steamboat's last match. And so, um, I can read the results here in front of me right now. Oh, very good. 
So this was Return of the Dragon pay-per-view. So the first match, we had the Jimmy Valiant Boogie Jam Invitational Battle Royal. And that was won by Scott Steiner. Oh, God. Then we had, in the second match, we had Matt Hardy defeating Crowbar. Oh, my God. Crowbar. (laughs) In the third match, NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship, Kerry Morton retained against Brian Tillman Jr. Tillman worked as a heel. Oh, oh, Jesus. Then we had the Big Time Wrestling Championship, Dream Crusher Danny Miles retained against Neon Ninja Facade. And then we had, oh, by the way, in that match, Teddy Long came out as a special commissioner. Oh, Jesus. Did he mention The Undertaker? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Then we had a tag team match. The Rock and Roll Express defeating the Briscoes. Uh, you mean the, the the original Briscoes or the Briscoe brothers? No, the the Briscoes, Mark and Jake. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know, right? Then we had Savannah Evans defeated defeating Amber Nova. And in the main event, Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat, and FTR defeated Jay Lethal, Brock Anderson, and Nick Aldis. Uh, poor, poor Nick Aldis. <laughs> <laughs> this looked like a terrible pay-per-view. I'm sorry, I'm just listening to the matches. It's like, what? No, no. no. It's just, stop. Ricky, you you should not be taking anything out of the page of Ric Flair's retirement plan. No. Right, and and speaking of Ric Flair, apparently there was a story where uh, he was spotted out partying in Tampa. Well, good for him. Yeah, you know what? Just stay home. Just, we don't know what wants to see you in a ring anymore. I just, oh, Oh, Jesus. So now that we have that, um, so of course you can find the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. And you can, that's on Saturdays, or is it Sundays? Sometimes I upload it the following day. Yeah, Yeah, so on Sundays you can find us there. Then... Every Saturday, you can find myself, Tony Diaz, and the $50 man, Clay Cummings, on Wrestling POV Podcast, on iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn Radio. And don't forget, it. And don't, don't forget, forget, we have our, our occasional guest, Ben Pierce, the original. Yes, thank you. You give me a pop on my own show. Thank you so much. <laughs> And now we need to Ben's favorite uh, segment, Wrestling Roulette. Indeed. All right, so let me, we will be back in a minute. I'm just gonna pull up this playlist. All right, all right. So Ben, we are ready for Wrestling Roulette. So the way this works, I play 10 seconds of 21 clips. My co-host has to guess which wrestler that theme belongs to. And of course, we also have the 
the special rules where anytime AEW or Impact or anytime AEW or Impact shows up in rotation, we can either he can either pass or guess. Right. All right. So, are you ready for your first one? Yes. God, that's a terrible theme. Anna J. Anna J. Yes, it says right in the beginning. <laughs> All right, track two. This message comes from Vi. No. Okay, we'll be back. <laughs> All right, track number two. Sure. All right, that is an impact uh, theme. So that doesn't count. No, that doesn't count, and no points. So here we go, track three. No, track two. No, I said track three, but I, that was track two because I said you can either pass or get, so it's not oh, going to take oh, oh, yes, yes, no, no problem. Uh, uh pass. All right, that is Song of the Ville. Okay, well, I'll take the loss on that one. Okay. Right, track four, you ready? Yeah. The Union. The Union. Do you remember that faction? No. They had, I think it was a test, Mick Foley, Big Show, and uh, Vince McMahon, I think. Uh, I'll have to look that up. It was around 1999. Uh, it was just weird. It was a weird faction. All right, here we go, track five. Breaker. Braun Breaker. All right, that is track five. Okay, track number six. Here we go. Uh, pass. All right, our, uh, that's our second impact theme. That is Stevie Richards. Sorry, the first one was Ava's story. Yeah, I've never even heard of her. All right, here we go, track seven. Um, Owl Snow? No, that is the Radicals. Okay, sorry, Eddie, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Here we go, track eight. Uh, 
Um, oh God. Uh, pass. That's a terrible sounding theme, but that is Stacy Keebler. There's no way in hell I would have got that. Okay. <laughs> right? Uh, that's fine. All right, track nine. God, um, who is that? Play it again for me. All right. Well, here we go. No, it is not. That is Bobby Lashley. Oh, shit. He will be calling your name. All right. Track 10. Track 10. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Rain Mysterio. Rain Mysterio. Now, do you know who's who's singing that? Uh, P.O.D. I think. Yeah, P.O.D. I I I just saw that. I didn't I didn't realize that they did this song. I know. Yeah. I, yeah. Um. Remember, they did his entrance at WrestleMania 22. No, I remember. Uh, well, 22. I don't remember anything about 22. That was a weird WrestleMania. Well, no, that that was when he won the. Um, yeah, I know, I know, I saw it. I'm saying that was a weird WrestleMania. I don't really remember a lot about that one. Oh, uh, that was one of my favorite matches. That was Randy Orton, Kurt Angle, and Rey Mysterio on a Triple Threat. No, and I remember then, the match. I just don't remember that whole event overall because like a lot of uh, forgettable matches on there. Yeah, they also had um, Edge versus Mick Foley. Okay. Um. He, and uh, that was the one where Ed speared him through a flaming table. Oh, okay. I remember that one. Yeah. Like, yeah, I also had uh, Mickey James and Trish Stratus. I will, yes. I will say this. It was better than WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2 is garbage. Yes, I agree. Hey, track 11. Here we go. No, it is not. That is seven from WCW. Oh, God. Sorry, Dustin. Sorry. Sorry, here we go, track 12. That gimmick sucks. Here we go, track 12. How am I supposed to get these? Holy shit, I don't know. That's the pinnacle. I'm having a bad run of wrestling roulettes. This used to be my favorite. Now it's the vein of my existence. Hey, here we go to the next one. Oh, 
Let that go five seconds longer, will you? All right, hold on. Oh, oh my God. Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans. That is terrible. That's track 12, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Track 13 coming up. I want to take a guess. Play it again. Hey, mira quien llegó. El que no era nada. Y ahora lo es todo. Aquí fue cool. Andrade? No, that is Carlito. Oh, oh well, I don't know. That's Carly. That's uh, from Reckless Intent. That's Carlito's theme. Oh uh, well, that one wasn't ever used. That shouldn't count. Uh, that no, that's not, that's not going to count. There's no point taking off. I'm just, I'm just yeah. keeping track of how many clips we played. Okay. Right here at fourteen. God bless Lenny Kilmister, Triple H. Triple H. Jump six and uh then I think we can pull this off. Uh, we have we have a couple of more tracks left before we before we get cut off. So we go track fifteen. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Nikki James. Nikki James. All right, track uh, 16. Pass. Yeah, that's Ty versus Impact Wrestling theme. Uh, who gives a shit? All right, here we go, track 17. Sure. No, that is Brian Cage. All right, track 18, are you ready? Yes, sir. I have not a clue. That is Papa Shango. Oh, Jesus. We got to really redo this list. Holy crap. I don't know why it's kicking my ass so hard lately. Track 19. No idea. Yeah, that one's uh, Bobby Lashley's impact theme. Who gives this crap? Oh. 
Judgment Day? No, that is Sting. Is is AEW theme? Oh, boo! AEW sucks. All right, here we go. Track twenty-one. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Well, it sounds like we're all getting down at the honky tonk, but I don't know who that is. Should I give you a bit more, like five seconds? Sure. All right. That doesn't help. (laughs) No, No, who is it? That is uh, the bro dog with my baby tonight. Oh, this is. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know we're going to keep this wrestling roulette in here because, you know, well, in all fairness, but um, we're going to have to redo this wrestling roulette segment because I can't handle this level of suckishness on the segment (laughs) I love on a long-term basis. (laughs) 